Good morning. You're on Faith FM with um, The Brecky Show this morning on 87.6, 87.8 and 88. Uh, well, that's more in the, if you're in the Newcastle area, but we are operating all around Australia. Um, probably different news. You are with Minnie and... Renee! Good you. morning, everybody. How are you feeling this morning, Renee? I am a little tired, but I'm very glad to be here. Is that self-inflicted or just life circumstances? Oh, that would be self-inflicted. Yeah, yeah, I'm having too much fun. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm socialising with friends, hanging out. Just I was chatting to my friend the other night. We are just, yeah, catching up because the mm. semester has been a long, long semester of study. And then yeah. now it's holidays. So. I know, happy days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I tell you what, I um, oof, I think every night this week I've had something that I've had to go to, which is like they've all been good things, mm. but then every morning I've had early ones and, oh, I'm <laughs> feeling it this morning. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, it's okay tonight. And I was like, nope, someone's coming to so get to oh nope someone so, the fo- oh. Oh, okay okay it's just uh, some discipline you know putting in some better habits I think yes. for myself yeah that was my thoughts when I was driving in I was like oh I'll, I'll have a routine in place yes yes tonight yes <laughs> but it's hard isn't it because like relationships are are, are also really valuable like yeah. so I was at a small group last night a Bible study and one of the things that we were discussing was on the value of community and doing life together like mm. we were talking about how you know Jesus kind of he just seemed to always have time for people mm. and I was like how <laughs> you know what I mean like he it never felt like he was in a rush to get to the next place yeah and I was like see we need to be with people but also responsibilities yeah. I don't know whether you know why yeah else. yeah he but definitely brought people along with him. Like whatever yeah. he was doing, people were he brought people with him to journey with him in that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's part of it, yeah. just bringing people along with what I'm doing. Yes. Mm. Maybe that's a goal. <laughs> well, that soon? Yeah. we know what to do. We know what we need to do. You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so let's talk about some positive news. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, so... Um, We've got some positive uh, historical moment as three First Nation MPs are sworn into the Queensland Parliament together. So, wow, there's amazing. actually been a few, yeah, people, yes, yeah, recently. A- amazing, amazing job, at Queensland. So this is the first time in Queensland history three Indigenous members um, of the state parliament have been there at the same time, sworn in at the same time. Um, the names are Lance McCallum, Cynthia Liu, and Leanne Enoch. Um, so this has been recent, um, and uh, just some comments from 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 them is uh, our their goal is diversity in action, not just words. Um, Ooh, so you nice. know, it's one thing to talk about having diversity within our government and within our leaders uh, with our leaders, um, but it's another thing to actually go through with it. And this this is progress. This is very good progress. Um, it, uh, Mr. McCallum, uh, one of these members sworn in recently um, of the First Nations, he says, I'm humbled to walk beside Leanne and Cynthia um, and the rest of the government, uh, the Queensland government, as we continue the tracks towards treaty and reconciliation in our great state. Um, they've just they just got some comments of just being so honoured to, to have this role and, and have this position um, in leadership. Miss um, Louis, uh, Louis, uh, uh, what's what's her name again? Cynthia Louis. Um, she says having the ability to receive a traditional blessing and take oath for my second term with my Aboriginal brother and sister symbolises the intention of true progressive government that is focused on an inclusive future for all. 
Mm. So, yeah, some pretty cool stuff within politics. I mean, I'm glad to hear some positive news when it comes to politics sometimes. Yeah, there's often not a lot of it. <laughs> it's one of those areas that I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, all politics, right. here we go. I'm yeah. listening. Right, I'll just emotionally prepare now? myself. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I I love seeing diversity, in, especially in leadership, mm. Um because these are the guys that are representing the people. They're the ones making decisions. Um, and so it's really important to have to have that. And I th- yeah, sorry. Go ahead, please. No, I was yeah. going to say, and I think the important thing, like I think you just mentioned about the reconciliation, which I know is a, is a big word we actually associate, I think, sometimes with kind of this sort of whole kit and caboodle, I'm going to call it. Yeah. Um, but, but with that, I think it's really important that we – have those interactions like mm. if we're having those positive healthy interactions with people because it's all well and good to talk about something yes. right be like oh we need to respect we need to do this we need to whatever but um, i don't know what's an example if i have a problem with a certain group of people mm-hmm. but i'm like i can see why it's important to respect them but i never actually get to know them as my friends yeah that's a different level right that's a different exactly. sort of care it's mm-hmm. like i should care i want to do the right thing by mm-hmm. these people that's different to oh man i know you yeah yeah, yeah. come around yeah you know, yeah. it's just a different sort of yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I like I agree. Even in um, I shared a story yesterday about the Fire Stick Alliances, how mm. they're using Aboriginal um Indigenous knowledge about fires to I guess heal heal the land, and it's knowledge that they've had around for hundreds of years, but they're um they're pushing for um the indigenous people to lead in that space not just like tell us about it and we'll do it but yeah mm. um furthermore uh, more positive news a nightmare has ended for yachtsmen who have been stranded at sea since monday <laughs> Oh. oh dear. So almost a week-long mission to rescue three yachtsmen has finally come to a successful end with the trio, three men, landing in Port Stevens. So these yachtsmen who were stuck at sea for about five days after their mast snapped off their vessel have finally reached dry land. Um, the police have been working to help these three men and bring them back to shore since Monday um, because they drifted into the Tasman Sea. Oh, hey. So they issued a mayday distress around 10 p.m. on Monday after um, after they were steering after they were steering demast and some about 185 kilometers west of Lord Howe Island. Mm-hmm. So um, the call uh, obviously sparked uh, the search by the New South Wales Police Force Marine Area Command and the Australian Maritime Safety Authority. So. I'm very thankful we have people that can help us when we get into sticky situations like that. You know what? I reckon if I was like in that situation, (laughs) if not for the fact your mask was broken and that would actually be like, oh, we're in a pickle. Yeah. Just being lost at sea for a few days, I actually wouldn't mind. Oh, yeah? But like with the option of getting home, this is the thing, right? (laughs) So it's like I actually kind of take a bit of comfort in being slightly lost, like somewhere between being partly like not at all lost and being fully lost. Mm. I actually kind of like the feeling because I'm just like if I'm in nature, I'm like, hmm. There'll be people somewhere. It's when I get to the point where I'm like, I actually don't know where I am. May never see humans again. That's that feels less ideal. Is it? Is it the fact that if you see another human, you'll figure it out? They'll 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 be help. People will help you, right? Yeah, and also I think um, it's not that I don't feel safe in houses. Like I do, but I find being in nature far more comforting than wow. being in a home. Wow. So if I'm feeling stressed, I'll often shut myself up. Yeah. Like at home or whatever, and I'm like, I don't want to talk to people. 
But what actually helps is let me go sleep under the stars, let me go, yeah, crash on the beach, crash on my car even. Wow. Just for me, that's just, just – get around nature. Yeah, it just feels better, like, always. Like, yeah. Immediately. Well, honestly – <laughs> That would not feel good if I'm like, I have no control over this situation. This I do not like. <laughs> Sorry. These guys, uh, it kind of sounds like they were pretty chill about it. They they did, um, they did uh, you know, call for help and help did come. It said about on Tuesday, so the next day, mm-hmm. uh, a plane dropped fuel, a satellite phone and other supplies to the trio. So they were, they were. They were pretty fun. And it was nice they had each other. They had, you know, at least, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't think it was the worst thing. but um, And even if it sucked, right, <laughs> the fact that they've all got back, yes. you can always be like, hey, do you remember that one that time? time <laughs> where the, they had to come and rescue yeah, us? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hard, hard. <laughs> um, So the satellite phone allowed the crew to communi- communicate with the police vessel, which intercepted the solar co- uh, coaster. Some, uh, that's, sorry, that's the boat. They, it's called the solar coaster. Um, and it really did coast a far way. Uh, way, uh, some 200 nautical miles, which is about 370 uh, kilometers from the New South Wales coast on Thursday. Um, the police vessel, which lowered the yacht, uh, it towed the yacht for almost two days, arrived at Nelson Bay, Port Stevens at 10.30 on Saturday, where they were reunited with their families. Oh, fantastic. That's such a happy ending to that story. I like happy endings. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Welcome back. You are with Minnie and Renee on The Breakfast Show, Faith FM this morning. What is it? I think it's a Friday, the 4th of December. It's the 4th of December. We're so quickly nearly into the first week already. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And then it'll be the next week. <laughs> <laughs> you are not wrong. <laughs> Yes. That is what it'll yeah. be. Yes. <laughs> but it'll be a yeah. week closer to Christmas and then yeah. a week closer to the New Year and then May. 2020 will be behind us. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And well, that'd be wild to see what comes next. Um, look, let's have another clue for the quiz, I reckon. Sure thing. All right. Here's clue number two. Paul told Timothy to bring me along when he came because I was helpful to him in ministry. Mmm. So... Um, who was it that Paul told Timothy to bring along with? The numbers to call 1-800-324-843 or text us in at 0491-064-669. And I didn't share earlier, but the prize, the prize if you call in or text in, because um, we want to hear from you, we is um, a DVD called Metamorphosis, The Beauty and Design of Butterflies. Um, and this kind of t- ties in with our lesson this morning, where we talk about creation and um, God being the creator and sustainer of life. And we look and, and so this DVD kind of goes into how, how these extraordinary creatures come into being. Are they a product of blind, undirected process or were they designed by an intelligence that transcends this material world? So a great resource you do want to have in your home. Do call the numbers. Absolutely. And look, even if you don't want it, someone in your household might. Absolutely. I don't know, maybe you're a teacher. Or yeah, friend, neighbour. Ch- yeah, hey. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you just like nature. Yeah, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so in some news for you today, we've got a uh, an Australian soldier who has had to remain anonymous because he has to receive, I think, permission to speak to the media, mm-hmm. and um, he hasn't got that from what I understand. And he has uh, accused... Yeah, the powers at B, who are in charge of making the rules of not looking after the soldiers' mental health during and after deployment to Melbourne to help with the state's COVID crisis this year hmm. uh, and their response. So this soldier has told the ABC that he and his colleagues were basically confined to their rooms for months in between duties. 
Um, and that includes accompanying, you know, like people like ambulance crews to the car crashes. Um, hundreds have been deployed to Melbourne between June and October. So there's, yeah, a few months there. And they were from bases from Townsville, Darwin, Adelaide, Brisbane. Apparently they were only allowed to leave the hotel rooms while carrying out duties. The soldier said that this, it was, it was just insane. It's one of the worst experiences he's had. And because sometimes they were driving around all day during the daylight hours and then being back in the hotel room without seeing the sun, uh, saying that they went weeks without rest days. Um, they lost weight and some of them couldn't even pass a physical fitness test when they returned to their barracks. Um, and I can't imagine how that would have been like, really. Like one, our, sorry, our interview coming up uh, in the next section with Dr. Paul Woods, we're going to be talking a little bit about COVID and lifestyle stuff. So, you know, building immunity during this kind of crazy year mm-hmm. that it's been. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we know can really help with immunity um, I is just kind of that mental and emotional health yeah. and well-being. Yeah. Yeah. And to not have that, and the sunshine is also a factor that we do know, and it's just that's hard, you know, and that's for months. Um, we really weren't designed for isolation no. the way that we've seen this year really globally. Mm. Um, it's, it's been played out. But when they were finally allocated an hour of exercise in a small park, the time often clashed with their duties. Uh, so the soldiers said that they were in borderline borderline isolation all of the time mm. and it was an experience worse than overseas deployment, uh, which is a pretty big call to make. Yep. Also, I mean, I'm not in the <laughs> army. I've never been in the military. I have no idea what so – I actually have multiple friends in the army, but really? they don't really talk yeah. about their deployment. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty – Pretty hectic to say, you know, we're back home, yeah, and what was going on here was worse. Right in our, like, right at home, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that's something that, def- you know, some people can just like brush away. But I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a very valid statement, and it's, I think it's very good that you know they're sharing their experience and saying we can do better in this. Let's do better. Fully, fully. Hey, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, and this isn't to have a go at people. It's just like, well, we do need to be aware, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so for he, he said that for the students who were particularly backing up ambulance crews, mm. it was bad. You know, like some of them were going to suicides, heart attacks, domestic violence cases, which were pretty horrendous. Yes, um, traumatic. And, exactly. And he said in some cases, you know, some of what they were seeing was worse than what they'd seen on deployment. Okay. Um, and I guess a hard, an additional difficulty that was added to that is now that they've come back, they didn't do any post-operational psychological screening. Yeah. And so, yep. um, you know, you don't really have that time to, I don't know what that debrief looks like, but to kind of go through that and be like, hey, are we good? We're good. Um, do we need to get some extra help or anything involved? Yeah. And so, he, yeah, it kind of feels that they really physically were in isolation, yep. but then there's kind of been this added component of we're isolated from um, the help that people possibly needed to yeah. just have extended to them. Mm. So, yeah, that's been really difficult for them. Um but the Department of Defence has said the soldiers were looked after. So when they were asked to respond, they provided a statement saying that the personnel had access to mental health support, including critical incidents during the depo- deployment. Um, as with all Victorians during the lockdown, they were required to adhere to directives concerning exercise period and a welfare system was established that included regular welfare checks and a buddy system. Um yeah, so it's kind of how we're hearing two different sides of the story. Yeah. Um, you know, one person saying, this was my experience, this is not what happened, I had my buddies in it, the other saying, no, uh, we absolutely put things in place. And it, it might be that, yeah, you put things in place, but maybe they weren't effective and that, yeah. that it sounds like they were worked long hours and so 
I know that when I'm busy and stressed, I, I the first my first thought isn't to go look for mental health. It's, yeah, I, I, I'm just in a crisis. Yeah. So, you know, you yeah, some uh, you kind of need someone's help outside to come in and check up on you. And mm. that's a really good point, isn't it? Because that's often one of the first things that people can do is to kind of isolate themselves, not intentionally, but it's like, oh, I'm exhausted yeah. physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever it is. And to have to then exert even more effort yeah. to go be the one to seek out the things um, which maybe should be easy and accessible mm. but maybe you actually aren't aware. Yeah. Even yeah. though the people who – because you know when you can create something and to you it's nice and clear. Yeah. Yep, do these steps, go these places. Yeah. But that's because you're in the yeah. creating of that system. Yeah. Whereas if you're outside of that it can be difficult. Anyway, so this is a bit of a, um, yeah, hard case this one but mm. – yeah, the veteran, com- the veteran community members have to look out for each other. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I guess they will. I think any time you do life together um, in a really intentional way, it's, it's just a different kind of bond you have with people. Yeah. And not that it's a great thing, but there are some times you can bond with someone over shared hatred. <laughs> it's yeah. better to share over, uh, bond over, like, shared laughter or good times, yes. but sometimes you're like, oh, how, how <laughs> bad was that? And um, yeah, not that it's a good thing, but there's kind of this solidarity of, oh, you know what? You had a really bad day, so did I. Mm. I understand. Mm. Uh, yeah, so hopefully for these guys, you know, whatever needs to come out of that, um, that can be really helpful. Yeah. And, you know, that if something needs to change, because mm. uh, we – look, this is a personal opinion. I, I fully believe Jesus is coming very soon. Mm. Um, I think this is the start of the craziness. Mm. And really it's not the start, mm. but we're just seeing more and more of it. And I'm like, you know, who knows what next year will bring, mm. you know. I mean, God's in control. God's got it. God yeah. is good. Yeah. Um, God isn't – ignorance to what's going on in our lives but for us on our side we're like ah what is happening (laughs) exactly um but yeah so yeah we'll just have to see how things go with that uh in another story so the u.s supreme court is weighing in on a child slavery case against nestle usa and cargill uh the arguments were whether the u.s chocolate companies should be held responsible for child slavery on African farms where most of cocoa they buy is sourced from. Mm. Um, this is something people have been talking about for, you know, quite a few years now, you know, the whole human trafficking element to many things, clothing, chocolate, tea, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, but, yes, six African men specifically, they're seeking damages alleging that as children they were trafficked out of Mali, forced to work long hours and kept locked in shacks in the Ivory Coast at night. The companies said that they've taken steps to eradicate such practices among their suppliers and that they also deplore child slavery and trafficking but believe that the Supreme Court is not the place that this should be taking um, taking place for this complaint and they've asked for the lawsuit to be tossed. Both sides are facing scepticism from the, the judges. Um, what we do know is there's plenty of evidence that the world's chocolate supply uh, d- depends heavily on child labour and this remains quite widespread and a Washington post-investigation of the use of child labour found that some of the biggest and most well-known brands couldn't guarantee that their child is uh, – sorry, that their chocolate is produced without it. Um, it's just an interesting thing to think of. Like, yeah. in, a, yeah. in some ways it's so far removed from us, but it's actually a real thing that is happening in a lot of places reality. in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We have Dr. Paul Wood on the phone. Welcome, Dr. Paul. Good morning, Minnie. Uh, it's great to have you here. So – We've uh, we've been talking a little bit uh, via email about COVID and lifestyle strategies to enhance immunity in relation to COVID-19. Um, there was an interesting art- article a little while ago um, that a family, both the parents contracted COVID, but their kids did not. And it just kind of sparked a bit of curiosity 
curiosity about why there hasn't been a huge amount of discussion in the role of the immune system in fighting COVID. Yeah, this is an interesting article, Mitty. It was um, published back on the 18th of December um, on ABC website. And um, what they found was that um, this particular family or, the, or their children who had been exposed to some other family members, some relatives who'd been quite contagious with, with COVID, um, didn't actually contract it. Um, however, what they did find was that uh, these children developed antibodies um, to COVID. So didn't actually develop any symptoms at all. And um, that, that's actually triggered a bit of um, interest in doing some research in relation to the role the immune system can play um, in terms of protecting against COVID. Mm. So has there been much research on uh, lifestyle strategies to enhance immunity or is it just one of those things that because there's been kind of some panic and kind of a, oh, we must get a vaccination, you know, like what, what's been the reason that it hasn't been kind of spoken about more if, you know, we obviously are seeing that there are people who have developed these antibodies? Yeah, so, so I guess scientists and researchers, they, they try and stick to things that are strictly evidence-based. And I, I guess when it comes to COVID, the things we know that really do work is things like social distancing, like hand hygiene, for example, um, use of face masks in sort of high-risk areas. Um, when it comes to immunity, there's been a little bit of preliminary research done on things like vitamin D and COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, however, as yet, we can't really see with, with, with certainty that vitamin D definitely does protect against um, COVID. But uh, when it does come to other viruses um, or other, other viruses from the cold family, um, we do have some more research that does show that um, various lifestyle strategies can protect against uh, various other viral upper respiratory infections. So I guess when we're thinking about COVID, um, COVID is actually part of the coronavirus family, which um, makes up about 20% of all different kinds of the common cold. Um, and the rhinovirus family is probably the other big major driver um, mm. of, of, of colds. So that's, that's where the research is kind of focused on, some of those other, other viruses. Um, and we do have some research that does show that um, you can improve your immunity uh, in relation to some of those viruses. And what are some of those specific things that we kind of know can be helpful for those other viruses? Yeah, look, there's an interesting study done in Japan looking at um, nearly 40,000 healthy Japanese individuals uh, between the age of 40 and 79. And what they did was they they assessed um, what their predisposition was to the common cold and um, is, a, is a survey type study. And the fact that they identified as playing a role in increasing susceptibility to the common cold was uh, lack of sleep, so decreased sleep, mm. um, a lack of physical activity and um, poor diet. Um, some of these things, which I know your listeners will struggle with from time to time, as, as do I. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny because in times of stress, sometimes those are the first things that can kind of go down, right? Like people get stressed, they don't sleep as well, they don't want to get some exercise and, you know, I'm definitely one. I, I confess that the whole comfort eating can come in so the poor diet can happen. Like I, <laughs> on a human level, yes. I can understand how these things um, can be helpful but also can be hard in those times of, um, yeah, things going on. Um, Absolutely. So tell us more about sleep and, you know, viruses or just lower immune system. Yeah, look, sleep seems to be a really important factor when it comes to susceptibility to the common cold. Um, Another really interesting study looked at um, 164 individuals and 
this is really interesting. I, I don't know how can you be to sign up for this kind of a study. But what they actually did was they they tracked sleep duration for seven days prior to inoculating the individuals with the, with the rhinovirus. So basically they took drops of the rhinovirus and put it up the nose of these individuals. Oh. And then they tracked them for five days to see who would actually catch the cold. And uh, what they found was that those who had slept on average less than five hours per day in the preceding week were four and a half times more likely to develop, develop a cold compared to those who slept for greater than seven hours a night. Wow. That's huge. So, yeah, ta- 4.5 times more likely to, ve- to develop a cold. With, absolutely. What was that? Less than five hours a day in the seven Correct. days preceding. Woo. Yes. Okay. Yeah. For all of us. All, other- yeah. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Yeah, look, the other interesting thing about sleep too is that we have research that suggests that um, sleep deprivation is also related to severity of of various respiratory tract infections, but um, it can even compromise immune function following vaccination. So there's a lot of talk in the media right now about developing a vaccine for COVID virus. Mm. Um, And if it's anything like the other viruses, like the influenza virus, for example, um, and other immunizations, what we find is that if you actually have sleep deprivation prior to the immunisation, you don't take up the immunity quite as well. Yeah, right. So it's in a way, it's not just either or. It's a little bit both ends. So it's not just if you're having the vaccine or you're not if they make it, but it's also, yeah, but what else are you putting in place that can help with receiving that? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also mentioned about uh, physical activity in the study from, was it Japan before? And you said it was kind of the sleep, decreased physical activity and, all, and poor diet were all correlated. Um, yep. So, yeah, maybe tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so physical activity is a big one and it's been looked at with susceptibility to, to colds and influenza. Um, there was, there's been a number of, uh, of very large studies called meta-analyses and what they do with meta-analyses is they, they draw together all the various studies that have been done in a particular area. One large meta-analysis of four randomised controlled trials um, found that those individuals who had been more physically inactive, and uh, in other words, lacking physical activity, basically had a high risk also of developing um, colds and flus, whereas um, those people who had been exercising regularly tended to have reduced susceptibility to the common cold. And actually... If they did catch a cold, it tended to be of a shorter duration as well, um, which is good news. Mm. With uh, just a question, with regular physical activity, what does that tend to look like? Is that like this length of time or this many days? Yeah, so uh, that, the definition varies with the studies, right? Um, but if you're looking at the Australian guidelines, we're kind of talking five days a week, um, sort of thirty minutes to to sixty minutes a day is the ideal. Yeah. And that's not just for improved immunity, but it's also obviously for all those other lifestyle-related diseases. Actually, just, just on that, I mean, it, it is interesting too that when you look at things like COVID, the people who are picking up COVID uh, or, or more susceptible to it are, are those people with compromised immune systems. So, you know, the, um, the obese, uh, those with type 2 diabetes, for example, um, have a higher risk of, of dying from, from COVID. So... I, I guess when you look at something like exercise, which helps with weight loss, helps protect against diabetes, mm. uh, but also enhances immunity, it actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. That does make a lot of sense, doesn't it? I mean, it can be hard to put into play. Like changing habits can also be always be a little bit tricky. But yeah, it's kind of a, it's that thing of kind of choose your hard. Hey, you know, do we want this hard or that hard? It's hard to, you know, maybe change these habits, but it's also 
a lot harder to come, like, have to deal with the um, health challenges that come later. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the whole behavioural change thing is 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 a challenging one. So, you know, if you're sort of going from doing nothing to like, you know, thirty minutes of exercise a day, think, man, I, I don't know if I can do that. But mm. you know, for some people who struggle with that inertia of getting out the door, so I, I sometimes tell patients, look, do you think you could manage just five minutes a day? Yeah. And most people think, yeah, I could do five minutes a day. And um, once they get out the door, you say, well, if you feel like doing another five minutes after that first five minutes, yeah. or another, another 25 minutes, I should say, um, go for it. And often you find because that first five minutes is getting over that mental barrier. Yeah. Uh, once you're actually out there walking, you know, another 25 minutes isn't, isn't too hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It's just that kind of showing up and getting out of bed can be the hardest place to start sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and so, so what about diet? So, what about diet and the susceptibility to respiratory tract infections? Yeah, so there's a little bit of research on on diet. There was a an interesting US study that um, looked at a thousand, a little over a thousand pregnant um, pregnant women, and what they found was that those who in the who were in the top twenty five percent for fruit and vegetable consumption had the lowest risk. Um, or developing upper respiratory tract infections when they compared them to those who were in the, in the bottom 25%. And um, another study in the US, again, um, looking at um, several million individuals from uh, the 274 US counties, um, found that low fruit and vegetable consumption was associated with a, a 1.16 times increased risk of, of contracting or ending up in hospital with uh, influenza. Um, and I guess there's a few reasons why why these kind of foods might be protective. Um, we know that the all, all your orange coloured fruits and vegetables, so you know, think um, pumpkin, carrots, and um, those kind of foods, they're they're very high in carotenoids, which um, seem to play a role with immune function. Um, in foods such as mushrooms, there's actually a growing amount of research looking at something called beta glucan fibre. And um, this particular kind of fibre seems to play a role with immunity as well. And then obviously there's been a lot of research done on garlic over the years and a little bit of research suggesting it might play a role. So I guess when we're kind of thinking what's the best kind of diet for healthy immune function, it's, you know, lots of those brightly coloured foods. I think about having a rainbow on your plate rather than just, um, you know, a a, a plate that's consistent entirely of white coloured vegetables or, or foods, for example. Yeah, absolutely. So really, if we're going to make it nice and simple, it's um, get enough sleep, get moving, and eat lots of colours. Absolutely. Yeah, nice. It's actually quite nice and simple, isn't it? Not necessarily easy to do, to put into action, but it's nice and simple for us. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, we've kind of run out of time there, but thank you so much, Dr. Paul Wood. Um, it's always really interesting to hear from people who are in the field who know a little bit more about all this stuff than I do. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.